This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 327 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Your vet wants you to know. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are EasySignsOnline.com, Mill Creek Spreaders, and RidingWarehouse.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Howdy Glenn A little chilly in the country It was freezing yesterday yeah, and in, in Rhode Island, you didn't get any of the snow, though, right? No snow. That's upstate western New York. Holy cow. Yes, holy cow. <laughs> I mean, eight feet. I, You know, uh, yeah. I, the worst I ever remember is when we lived in Massachusetts and we lived in Plymouth there. Remember we had those blizzards? Yes. And uh, you had them, too, because you were in Massachusetts at that point. And yeah, I lived up it, the street from you. Yeah, and it was like, uh, you know, four feet of snow. And you, I just can't imagine more than that. <laughs> it's like. Oh yeah. God. Well, you know, there, there's this there's this trend in America these days for using really um, dramatic adjectives to describe everyday things in life, like super fun and you know crazy, exciting and epic. You know what? Eight feet of snow—that's epic. Yeah, that's epic. That is right. And and I love how the uh, the weathermen now have all of these fancy terms for things. Thirty years ago, it was just a big snow, you know, or a blizzard. Yeah. And now it's like a polar vortex. They have like names for everything. It, well, yeah. There's a whole industry of naming stuff. <laughs> you know, thirty years ago, it was just a snowstorm. Yeah. You <laughs> can't call it that anymore. It has to be something, you know, fancy. Well, I'll tell you what. I was not. I have not been paying attention to the weather because I haven't been riding lately, so I'm not as tuned into the weather as I usually am. Right. I just haven't even been paying attention. So I went out yesterday morning, and all the buckets were frozen. Of course, I had the barn open, and the horses are like, what? (laughs) What? You left (laughs) everything open. You left our water buckets exposed, and we're thirsty. Can you please do something about this? I said, we you know actually, what? The next time I hear the term polar vortex, I better pay attention. <laughs> we actually had uh, frost here last night in Florida, of all places. Uh, we don't get that too often, but it got down to about 26 degrees. So we I woke up this morning, everything was white with frost. That wow. was, it's not something we see very often down here. No, that's not good for the orange groves. No, definitely not. Nope, it's definitely not good. But there's, there's not a whole lot of them left in Florida anymore. Oh, really? Uh, no, there's you. You know, you used to be able to drive from Orlando uh, to Tampa, and all the way from Orlando to Tampa would be nothing but orange groves. But you don't see any anymore. They're just all gone. Orlando to Tampa. Oh, yeah, not anymore. 
That's a, that's a goner. Uh, we did head down to Orlando last night and saw the Osborne lights at Hollywood Studios. Which what was, are the uh, Osborne lights? Tell me about that. Well, uh, this guy named Osborne lived in, I forget whether it was Arkansas or Alabama, one of those two. And his daughter wanted, one year, she was pretty young, like five years old, and said, Daddy, I want you to decorate the house. So he took that seriously, and he lived in a very nice neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, had money, and he decorated the whole house in lights. Well, the next year, she said, I want more lights. <laughs> so he bought the neighboring house okay. uh, on the one side and decorated that house with lights. And then uh, she wanted it bigger the next year, so he bought the house on the other side and decorated that with lights. Well, he ended up, the first year, he put up a million lights. By the time he was done, he had four million lights. Holy cow. Well, the town and everybody in it would come around. Well, all the neighbors started complaining in this rich neighborhood that because of traffic jams and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. So Disney bought it uh, from him and because he couldn't do it anymore. They basically outlawed him having these lights. Yeah. So they bought it from him and put it up in Hollywood Studios. If you've ever been to Hollywood Studios, the back lot uh, part is a replica of New York. Uh, the city of New York, and that's where they put it. So they they put these lights up. It takes them two months to put these lights up every year, and they have them all dancing to music, and they have snow coming down from the tops of the houses, and it is really cool. Wow. We, we do it every year. We go. To, that's how we start our holiday every year is go to uh, Osborne Lights. That's a nice tradition. Yeah, it's really neat, and it's uh, you know something you're not going to see anywhere else. I, I put a video of it up. I'll, I'll put it over on Stable Scoop as well for everybody to see it on Facebook. Yeah, that would be that would be great. You know, it takes me two months to put up my Christmas lights. Too, I know. I don't <laughs> four have, million. I don't have four million. I have like forty. <laughs> Can you imagine what this poor now Disney makes its own power, so that's not a problem. But can yeah. you imagine what uh, this guy was paying an electric bill? Oh my no, God. well, clearly that's not a problem because he's buying up the next uh, house yes. down the street. <laughs> and oh apparently, my. this was an exclusive neighborhood. Uh, it would have to be an exclusive neighborhood for you to have a house big enough to put a million lights on it. <laughs> well, they could be super tiny lights. Just crazy, just crazy. I mean, and this is really cool. And tons of people go there. And one of the things we noticed last yesterday at Hollywood Studios is that there were a lot of Florida license plates. A lot of locals go. So okay, yeah, which, which is nice, which is yeah. really nice. It's kind um, of a thing that we can do locally. That's that's unique, you know. Especially since it's starting, it's just about to to come into your snowbird season. Yep, that's right. Wow, they're already arriving, and all the horse people have arrived already. Uh, so Ocala now has doubled its population in the last uh, two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, all the horse people are starting to arrive. Now, we get uh, we do get snowbirds, but we get more horse people that come in. Well, so we got to come up with a name for them. What would you call? <laughs> yes. I mean, not snow horses, uh, uh, horse uh, birds, uh, uh, not horse birds. Horse birds? I like that. <laughs> Yeah, get uh-huh. for the name for that. Yeah, for traffic that. doubles, and then you, it's harder to get in restaurants this time of year. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I have the same problem in my town because it's a beach town. In the summer? Separate, yeah, our population yeah. doubles. We go from, I mean, we're small, so we, we're, you know, 3,000 people maybe. So it goes from 10 to 20? It goes from three to six. <laughs> three to, and six is a lot. <laughs> I know, I'm so spoiled. I so you have so to wait spoiled. two minutes at the restaurant instead of uh, one? Oh, my is God. That... Where did I go the other? Oh, I went to, so for Hunt Ball last week, I drove Oh, up yeah, yeah, yeah. To... We have to hear about that because we talked about it. Oh, you yeah. in your dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Which I still dress. haven't seen pictures of you in your dress. Well, the, the first photographer that put pictures up, there's nothing of us. None. I, well, there's one of me at the table, but I, 
Like, you, well, I'll tell you, there's one in the back of my head, and my hair looks pretty good. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's my hair. You mean it's you have shiny. no pictures of you? Well, there's a, there was a second photographer there, and her photos are not have not been posted yet. Okay. So I there may be something we don't know. Well, how'd the hunt ball go? Tell us about that. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Um, I'll tell you the the place where they had it, the Crane Estate at Castle Hill, has changed not the actual building itself, but the feel of it. So in 15 years' time, it um, it's beautiful, but it definitely feels more like a park property instead of someone's mansion. Some rich guy's house. Like yeah. an estate. Yeah. You, you definitely get that sense, um, you know, like there's a place to park now. Before it was just like literally it was like being at someone's house, you know. Um, but it was still very elegant. And, of course, they they do the inside of the place just beautifully. The band was crazy good. They were awesome. It was like a rhythm and blues, soul kind of band. You know, they're probably, I would say, eight or nine pieces. So it was big. Okay. Cool. They had a great sound and people danced all night long. So you danced the night away? I danced. Yep. Yep. We danced. It was fun. My dress was perfect. It was really kind of good. And, oh my God, this is for, if any of you are also chasing a Fox fans, you'll be very pleased to know. I'm really starting to believe in this thing called happy accidents. You know, you have a plan for something, something goes wrong, and it turns out to actually be a bonus. Like, whatever went wrong turns out to be better than what you'd originally planned. Mm-hmm. So every year I go to the Mac counter in Macy's to do my makeup. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just a fool when it comes to makeup. I, you know, I don't, (laughs) I make a great big mess when I try it myself. And if you go to Mac and you buy like a product or something or two, they'll do your makeup. So I get there and it's three o'clock and the party starts at six and I'm like, hi, I'm here. Have my makeup done. Make me beautiful. And they're like, we can't. So, of course, my heart starts to race, and I'm ready to, like, get into a fight. I'm like, well, not that ugly. She's like, we can't because we don't have you in our appointment book, and we have no appointments left. We've, you, we just have no one who could do your makeup. So, I, so they're like, maybe you called the Nordstrom Mac counter. I'm like, I know I didn't do the Nordstrom. Can I call Macy's Mac counter every year? No, no, I didn't. Make a long story short, after running back and forth in this huge mall... <laughs> between Nordstrom's and Macy's and on the phone and all this. I, I made the appointment, but I made it at a mall that was like an hour south. Somehow oh, no. my phone connected me with the <laughs> telephone number of a mall that was south of the one that I was in. And they just say Mac counter. You don't know which mall you called. So I'm like, hook me up. Tell me right now who in this Macy's cosmetics department can do makeup like you can. And she's like, all right, don't tell anybody I told you. She's like, go over to Jen at the Chanel counter. So I glance over at the Chanel counter and I'm like, I got nothing. I got to go for it. So I go over and I sit down at Chanel and I talk to Jen, who's fabulous. And we start chatting. And she's like, you don't want to go over to the Mac counter anyway. She goes, Chanel's a luxury brand and you're a luxury kind of girl. (laughs) <laughs> she sold you. And I, she knew oh what to my say God, to you. hook, line, and sinker. I sat up straight in that chair and I was like, damn straight. 
<laughs> what do you got? And she's like, well, we have this blush and we have this foundation. We have this mascara. And I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Because you know what? Chanel, you were desperate. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chanel is a luxury brand. <laughs> yeah. $400 later, you had your makeup on. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I spent my right long in cosmetics. But I'll tell you what. That'll dry out by the next time you have to use them. <laughs> no, and that's the difference. The the products you could tell because I always thought, well, you, you don't really know. You don't. For years and years and years, I got Christian Dior cosmetics for free because my aunt was an executive in the company. I never purchased makeup until she passed away um, several years ago. I will tell you what, there is a difference. We know this about a lot of stuff that we pay that's quality, especially like with tack and leather goods. There is a difference in cosmetics. The Chanel stuff I bought, hands down, way better than anything I've gotten at. Sorry, Clinique, even Mac. <laughs> Trish McAvoy stuff is pretty good. It's very good. And I would say they, were my, they are my second favorite. But Chanel, girls, squeak out a couple extra bucks and go to the Chanel counter. You won't be sorry. <laughs> So now, was there anything that you can tell us about, you know, something always happens at the Hunt Ball that's kind of wild. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about or is, uh, what goes on at the Hunt Ball stays at the Hunt Ball? You know what's funny? is for years and years and years, what goes on at the Hunt Ball stays at the Hunt Ball. Nothing happened. <laughs> it was quiet. Nobody got drunk and fell into the cake. No. Nothing, huh? No. Oh. Nothing. Wow. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> Because it's kind of fun when people are super glammed up, and I mean like ball gown glammed up, and somebody falls or knocks yeah. over the lights or something. Nothing. Nothing. It was just... Well, that doesn't make for good radio. I know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. No. Nobody was hitting on anybody's girlfriend or wife. There were no mistresses that showed up, and that's happened in the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You got to be gutsy to take the mistress to the hunt ball where everybody knows you. Well, it's not that you take the mistress to the hunt ball. It's that she shows up. Oh, gotcha. And she sometimes will even bring her own So the date. wife and the mistress is there then. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're always, they always run in the same circles. And it's sort of this unspoken secret. Why hasn't there been a reality TV about uh, a hunt club? I have a pilot all ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but you do. Yeah. It has to have an Irish huntsman, too, because uh, they make for the best. They would make for the best TV. I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the Welsh huntsmen are pretty dramatic, Oh, yeah, either dramatic one. You know, too. from the UK somewhere. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, pick a hunt. Except the Welsh huntsmen, you'd need one of those subtitle things at the bottom. Yeah. You can understand them half the time, especially when they talk fast. Yeah, You're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's an, an, a, 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 a huntsman from, I want to say he's with, uh, he's in Alabama, and I can't think where it is. Um Fabulous, fabulous professional huntsman. I believe he's Irish. Um, and will I've heard him jabber away, and I, I think it's Gaelic. And I was like, what is that? That's kind of hot. <laughs> I don't care what the hell you're saying. You could be totally throwing me under the bus, but let's talk. <laughs> so It's always voted as the top, uh, as the sexiest accent. In Irish. It. Scottish or Irish, either oh, Scottish, one. Yeah. They're always voted as the sexiest accents. Yeah, well, I'm a yeah. fan. I, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. <laughs> but you know, really, my favorite accent is Central Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that. 
because he I might listen. I want to say that. That is my favorite accent, Central Connecticut. Because he might listen. Oh, my love. Well, I'm glad you had a good time at the Hunt Ball. That's terrific. And I, we can't wait to see pictures. Yeah, me too. I know a couple people posted about that, that wanted to see your pictures on your page there. So I know, I know. We'll get some up. You know what? I barely took any. I don't think I, I did take any with my own phone. So we were just too busy talking and, and eating and drinking. It was a really, really, really fun time. Terrific. Well, we have a fun show for you planned today. Unfortunately, Ellie could not make it with Ellie O'Brien's training tip of the month. So we'll have her on again next month. But we do have Dr. Maggie Nolan showing up today. She wrote an article for a blog called 10 Things Your Equine Veterinarian Secretly Wishes They Could Tell You. So we should have some fun talking about that today. And we've all had our experiences with veterinarians, too. So we'll see how, how how we look at it from the customer side and how the veterinarian looks at it from the veterinarian side. So that should be fun to take a look at. I have a product for you today from Tack and Habits. a little different. We're going electronics today. We're getting out of the horse world here a little bit because the holidays are coming up and you may have to buy something for your spouse. So if you're looking for something that will make your spouse extremely happy, then I have (laughs) that thing for you. And it's not that expensive either, which is kind of nice. But I have tested it out over the last week and I really like it. So we'll have that coming up, and uh, and uh, I'm sure I will get into some more things uh, before the show is over as well. Don't forget that the Riding Warehouse uh, gift-buying episode was a couple episodes ago. Head on over to StableScoop.com and take a look for that. If you didn't get to listen to it or you, you, po- you put it off because you were thinking, oh, it was too early, I'm not in the mood for buying gifts yet, guess what, people? Next week's Thanksgiving. So no time to put anything off anymore. Hop to it. So check that out. Just go to StableScoop.com or go to our app, Horse Radio Network app on the iOS or Android app store, and you'll find that episode. But right now, we're going to go to Dr. Maggie Nolan, and she works for a company by the name of Novo Brace and writes a blog for them. And I think it was, I just came across this blog and thought it was very good. So we're going to talk about the 10 things your equine veterinarian secretly wishes they could tell you. And none of them involves a swear word starting with F. So that's good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be we'll be right we'll be right back after this word from Mill Creek Spreaders with her. They've made the best even better. Mill Creek Manufacturing is now the first and only company to make stainless steel compact manure spreaders. What does that mean for you? A worry-free solution to your manure management for years to come. Often if a body on a spreader rusts, it's time for a new one. And we've had that happen. We certainly had some old spreaders that rusted out. Mill Creek stainless steel spreaders are guaranteed not to rust through for life. These are the only compact manure spreaders you'll find anywhere with a warranty like that. There's also a three-year warranty on the mechanics and structure. Put this together with Mill Creek's exclusive low-maintenance sealed bearings, and you've got a machine that you can count on to perform day in and day out with no headaches for you. The stainless steel option is available on six of Mill Creek's models, from the popular 27, suitable for up to four horses, to the Big Daddy 127 for over 20 horses. Two of the models can be ordered with either ground or PTO drive. Like all Mill Creek spreaders, stainless steel spreaders have the lowest sides in the industry for easy manure loading. 
You can't go wrong with any Mill Creek manure spreader, but the new stainless steel models are truly something special. You've never seen anything like them before. Mill Creek has been in business for almost 30 years, and they've continuously improved their designs with horse owners in mind. Horse owners like you and I, who appreciate the best quality, best engineered machines on the market. When you call Mill Creek, you'll reach them at their own factory in Pennsylvania. That's right, not in India, but in Pennsylvania, because they're all made in the USA. Give them a call today at 800-311-1323, or visit their website at millcreekspreaders.com. That's millcreekspreaders.com. Well, hi, Dr. Nolan. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Dr. Nolan, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a, you're a vet, right? I am. I'm an equine vet. Um, right now, I'm living in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, great. And prior to that, I practiced in Virginia. Oh, cool. And so how long have you been doing the, the vet thing? I the am actually thing. a recent grad. This is only my second year out. Oh, really? Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. what school? I graduated from the University of Florida. Good Ooh. for you. I'm in Ocala, so... Yay Ooh. for you. <laughs> and now you're like, you I might as well be in the tundra. Yes, you ought to come back to Gainesville. Gainesville would be happy to see you again. <laughs> we're a little oh, warmer than it. you. Yeah, we're a little warmer than you right now. So um, so, so, still a little, uh, I don't want to say this in, the, in a bad way, but a little green to the overall, you know, experience of, of dealing with clients, but certainly experienced enough to know what you love and don't love about your customers, right? Would you say? Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't think, take long to figure us out. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to not be green in this profession. So <laughs> I'm always learning. It takes a long time not to be green in life. So <laughs> That's true. That is true. But, but you know, us mm-hmm. horse owners, are, we're a very distinct breed. We're a distinct race. And you, you do get to figure us out pretty quickly. And is there a oh, yeah. more opinion- people are the best. But is there a more opinionated group than horse people? Mm-hmm. Cat no. people. Cat people. Maybe cat people. <laughs> or pageant be- people. Pageant <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right about that. So now you wrote this article called 10 Things Your Equine Veterinarian Secretly Wishes They Could Tell You. And I thought, let's just run down through, through these things. I think it would be fun because we're obviously looking at it coming from the client's point of view, right? Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we see, of course, we see everything from our eyes and not your eyes. And I think that was interesting that you wrote this. And, and especially seeing this is stuff that you learned pretty quickly and from other vets uh, in, in, in really your short career, right? Yes, well, I've had the opportunity to be working, you know, with veterinarians for several years, and I've had the opportunity to see how a bunch of different vets kind of react to their clients, and um, I'm I'm a big observer, and so that's how all of this kind of translated into this article, Um, just watching and observing how everyone deals with people differently, and how clients react differently, and things like that, and I just want to preface, I think horse people and horse owners are some of the smartest clients. They're some of the most loyal clients. And this article wasn't meant to be, you know, a mean thing. I just thought it would be something fun to do to just, you know, oh, maybe I should pick my horse's feet. I didn't know they liked that, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, So, 
Yeah. Well, and I think that we've, you know, we've all, we all know, we all have friends that you go, why didn't you do that before the vet came? You know, is yeah. you know, we all mm-hmm. know those people too. You're at Barnes, you're boarding at Barnes, and you're going, well, that doesn't make any sense, you know. So we all know those people too. Uh, all right, so let's let's start with number one, and you can explain this a little bit. We are not late because we decided to take a long lunch. <laughs> I had somebody say that to me once. Like, oh, really? She really accused me of taking a long lunch, and on my mind, I was just floored by that. And you know, it, that's so not the case. Most of the days, my lunch is you know a cliff bar behind the wheel of the truck as I'm driving to the next appointment. Um, and I think that's the case for almost all vets. You eat behind the wheel. Um, and, you know, most of the time, and we're almost always late. And I know that's a big pain. I've been there waiting for the vet. I've, I've been in those shoes, and it's not fun to wait on anybody. But a lot of the reason why we are late is because we had to go see an emergency. And that horse needed us more. And, you know, I think clients sometimes need to take a step back and realize that, they want us there when their horse has an emergency, so they need to understand when we're late to see somebody else's horse on emergency. Well said, by the way, and that is yes, true because right. someday you're going to be that emergency. Um, exactly. And then you're going to appreciate the fact that your vet just uh, is an hour late to the next appointment because of you. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that is a good point. And we've been that emergency a few times, so I know what you're talking about. I had one myself. <laughs> we've all been that emergency. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good point. And every vet I know, most of them don't even get time for lunch, or they eat a lot of fast food, uh, you know, mm-hmm. which is you know, which is not good either. But, but that's what they have time for is like t- two minutes to pull through the drive-thru. Now, how about uh, we, you, we do not always have everything that you need. Do you mean you do not have a fully stocked hospital in that truck of yours? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the thing is, we have to bring everything that we might possibly need to treat all of these horses, usually for almost an entire day, uh, you know, in our truck at all times. And sometimes things are missing, and... You know, we don't like that as much as you don't like that. And like I said, most of the time we'll go out of our way to get that item to you if we don't have it. Um, but I thought that that was a good segue to number three, that just because we bring something to you once doesn't mean that we're going to do it on a regular basis. Um, I think. You, you mean know, you're not the UPS you guy? Do. You're not the FedEx man? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Mm-mm. Well, if you, really you know, need something right away, go get it. Um, <laughs> and if not, give us a few days to get it to you, and we probably will. I, I, I have to just uh, speak on behalf of the horse owner for, for one brief minute here. If we do get something from our vet, if you open up the magic truck and happen to have something mm-hmm. on that day, there may be an expectation that you would have it in the future. You know, if we don't, if it's not discussed, sure. you know, this little thing might kind of go in your mind and be like, oh, you know, I got butte from them last time or whatever it might be. Um, you know, there, there could be an expectation of, you know, you, you'll have that. I, for one, am <laughs> totally guilty of thinking that you're just a traveling pharmacy. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but that's because 
um, I live a hundred gazillion miles from the nearest veterinary clinic. So we kind of, so actually what happens is our veterinarians do show up with as much as humanly possible. Um, when they well, come the to fact our, is they don't want to come back either. <laughs> so I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you're not yeah. kidding. They do teach a lot of self care. You know, they, I've had vets who've offered to teach me how to do IM, IV injections, um, other things because it, it is not always feasible to wait for your veterinarian to arrive. Just you know, whether your horse is in pain or you don't, it's just not convenient, whatever. Um, I appreciate the fact that my vets show up and are willing to share some of these smaller service oriented things with me, but I'm guilty of expecting you guys to kind of be a rolling pharmacy. Sorry. Oh, for sure. And like in a case like you where you're far away, it's always a good idea when you make the appointment to say, Oh, I'll be needing this, this, and this, you know, could you make sure you have it? And that's, also a good way to make sure you get what you need from us when we're there. Little preparation goes a long way. Point taken. Yes. All right. Number four, we don't always know the answer. Yes. And, you know, horses can't talk. They can't tell us what's going on. And a lot of times we're just trying our best to listen to them and come up with a diagnosis that fits what they're doing. And, you know, not always, we're not always right. Doctors aren't always right. That's why they call it the practice of veterinary medicine. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. When, when we're dealing with a difficult diagnosis or a difficult, difficult disease, you know, we don't always know all of the answers, but we try our best. I think vets are, as a profession, we're pretty self-selecting kind of group of type A people. And if we don't know, we're going to do our very best to, to find out the answer somehow. Well, and, I, I um, think so too, be, I, isn't veterinary school? I mean, you guys, you guys, I mean, you can't get into veterinary school unless you're, you're hitting almost 4.0. And you, you guys really have a tougher road to hoe, I think, than medical doctors because of that, because of that fact that they don't talk. Um, you know, at least the medical doctors have the advantage of having a person saying, hey, my foot hurts, um, you know, and it hurts right here. So you guys are, have, you almost have a tougher road to hoe than I think even the medical doctors do. I, I totally agree. And horses are, I think treating horses is, is different than treating any other animal because our dogs and cats are in our house with us. They're our pets. They're our are members of the family. And although my horse certainly is a pet and a member of the family, he's also doesn't live in my house and, you know, he's not making me money. But for a lot of people, horses are their livelihood, they're a source of income. And so you're right in the middle of this, you know, uh, spectrum of being a pet versus being a business, kind of. Um, so it's a tough it's a tough line to walk when you're treating them. We are not there for you. We are there for your horse. So do you get people asking you about their, their own aches and pains? Oh, definitely. Their own aches and pains. Um, when you're around people in this kind of a setting, dealing with these kind of high emotion decisions, it's kind of funny. A lot of times you become a therapist. And um, I've been in a lot of situations where I kind of stepped back and looked and was like, is this really happening right now? Is this really <laughs> what's going on? 
Um, so that's what led me to write this point that, you know, we, we will, we're happy to function as your therapist to an extent, but keep it professional and more keep it about the treatment of the horse. Well, like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> now you got us curious. <laughs> oh, there are so many instances. Um, like, I guess the, the things that first come into my mind is we're dealing with really high emotion situations. And sometimes when we're talking about these sad things, they segue into other parts of people's lives where they talk about their family drama or their personal relationship, um, things, things that's a little TMI. Too much yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, I don't need my horse lame right now because I'm fighting with my husband and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. right. Do my you, sister's just being a, you know. Do you twit. find and have you found that, uh, you know, in your comparison with other vets, uh, male vets, that people tend to, you know, throw up and unload more on female vets than they do male vets? I don't know. I think it really depends on the personality of the vet. Because I've been with several male vets who just will will chat and talk about barn drama and and all of this. And um, I've been around several female vets who are quite the opposite. Mm. I think I'm somewhere in between. You know, with certain people, I will have more of a personal relationship and be more chatty and um, other people, I'm a little bit just more, I guess, standoffish, and I just want to get the job done and do right by the horse. Well, Dr. Nolan, I got to tell you, though, I just pulled this ligament in my arm. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made me snort, Glenn. <laughs> I love number six because anybody that's known a veterinarian wonders how they're married, first of all, how that even happens, Uh, if they have kids, when they had time to even do that. Um, But number six is we have lives, although not much of one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the truth. A lot of nights on call, a lot of family occasions interrupted, um, but that's just the nature of the job. And I think it's just, we, we take, we don't take a lot of time off, but what time we do take off is kind of sacred to us. You know, a vacation once a year with our family, that's just special time and we need that time respected. Well, how does it get unrespected? Do you, do you, I know you, your phone never stops ringing, but you can choose to answer it or not, right? So how do, how do people violate that is my question. Well, you know, people, even though they know you're on vacation, will sometimes still call you with an emergency that you can't ignore. Mm. Um, or even if you're, you're, you're off call that night and they know it's an emergency that you can't ignore and you just have to go see. You can't leave it. You just can't. Um, or people, clients are very loyal. And if they don't want another veterinarian, and they want you, and they refuse to have another vet see their horse, well, you know, you have to go out there and see to the emergency. So how does, or, or does, if they do, how do um, your instructors in vet school prepare you for this part of practicing? Um, are, are, is there any kind of what I call soft education around the business of being a veterinarian? No, there's not. 
Um, so I kind of went out of my way to get that myself. And I think a lot of vet students do the same thing. If you know you want to go into equine veterinary industry, you do a lot of education outside of vet school. Um, I spent all of my summers of vet school, summers of undergrad, and um, I also I have a master's in business. And my time when I wasn't studying for that, I spent working with that in the field. And that was kind of how I got my education about how to function as a vet. Um, and I also saw a lot of people suffer from burnout. And I made it a priority that I never wanted to burn out of this career because I love it too much. Um, and I promised that if there was any time I was in a bad situation, that I was going to say no. Um, or walk away from it. And so I think that's been a huge thing for me personally of how I deal with balance, the life work balance. You know, that's interesting because um, uh, it was very smart of you to get the, the business side of it done and to, and to get that degree. Because, you know, we always had a saying, you know, the business side is where, and and Helena consults with uh, businesses in the equine world, uh, you know, that's where most, most people are good horse people, they're not good business people. And, you know, a lot of farms and training businesses and all of that fail because they don't know anything about business. Uh, some of them are s- smart enough to marry somebody who, who does or to hire somebody who does. But those that don't really have a tough time and they struggle the entire, their entire time. Um, and you see those, they're the ones that pay their bills late all the time. You know they can, you know, they're just not good business people, yet they're probably some of the best horsemen that you see. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't always I go together. I think the same is to be, the same is to be said for equine vets. You know, some great equine vets don't necessarily run their business very well. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not a, an amazing veterinarian. Um, I think that the industry is shifting a little bit because it is mostly, now most of our graduates are females, and we are kind of demanding some more life-work balance. So I think that I'm hoping that the industry shifts to be a little bit more accepting of kind of the normal lifestyle and maybe some better business practices. I have to tell you, though, 30 years ago, we had a, uh, an old school vet who used to forget to bill us all the time, and that wasn't bad. So, <laughs> well, Speaking of billing, let's take a quick break for our, our, uh, one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and, and finish this up. And then I do have a, I have a personal question for you, too. So we're going to come back with that in a minute. With Christmas season fast approaching, it's time to start planning a custom gift that will last for many years to come. Visit our friends at ezsignsonline.com and browse their unique website for their many custom sign options and styles. With affordable prices for customized signs starting at $39.95, your holiday gift giving just got easier. Their step-by-step online sign ordering process allows you to choose only the sign options you want and see all the pricing up front. From horse farm entrance signs, vinyl banners, magnetic vehicle signs to stall nameplates, and much, much more for every horse owner. 
Place your order early to allow plenty of time for Christmas delivery. Check out the website today at ezsignsonline.com. That's ezsignsonline.com or call them at 1-800-640-8180. That's 1-800-640-8180. All right, before we get to the last couple of here, I was just on your Facebook page. And Helena is, and we joke about this all the time because all my co-hosts tend to be about five foot. What are you again, Helena? I always get this wrong. Five foot, two and a half, three and quarters. Yeah, two and three quarters. Two and three quarters. That's right. I always get it wrong, and I have to. I get the have to put the three quarters part in there. And I'm looking at your Facebook page, and every veterinarian that I've ever had that's been female have been about five foot two. What is it about girls that are about five <laughs> foot two wanting to be vets? And I'm looking at your Facebook page, and either your this boyfriend or slash husband of yours is really tall, or or you're about five foot two. So. I'm even shorter than that. I'm five feet tall and half an inch. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> See the inch, the half, the, the fractions are important. Glenn, who's what? like seven feet ten inches tall. <laughs> so what is it about little girls wanting to be uh, veterinarians anyway? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I think it's just the. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that's the power, but I always joke that I have a Napoleon complex. And if if my horse isn't a big giant thoroughbred or warm blood, then forget it. You know, um, I think it's a bit of a Napoleon complex. <laughs> we had one of the toughest vets we've ever had, and I love her to death. And she's still practicing in Pennsylvania, and she was that way. She was she was little and mighty, and uh, but but she they, you know I had draft horses that were eighteen and a half hands, weighed two thousand pounds, and she's in there sticking her arm, you know, doing the whole thing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. She mm-hmm. was uh, she was right in there. It didn't matter if she needed a stepladder, you know. Uh, she was she was one tough cookie and a great vet. Yeah, I get a lot of people teased. I, I mean, I get teased every every day, but I'm just, yep, you know, short, short but mighty, and just just stand back and let me handle everything. And it's kind of funny because I've been in instances where big guys have come in to try and help restrain a horse or help me with something, and then I step in, and the horses respond so differently to me than they do to them, and I think. It's just something, I don't know, horses horses just act different with different people. Well, let's run through the rest of these real quick. And I think we already addressed the one, uh, started to address the one, uh, number seven. We notice and appreciate when you're prepared for an appointment. Uh, and, you know, I think that what we're talking about is the horse is either out in the 100-acre field in the far corner when you arrive, and they knew you were coming, <laughs> right? Uh, how many mm-hmm. times? And, and the entire field is mud, about a foot deep. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's never on the, the nice grass fields that they're out there. How many times do you get there and the horse isn't even in the barn? Oh, plenty. Yeah. Plenty of oh. times. Um, I, I would but, never even no. do that. I would never think to do that. Would you, Helena? Oh, my God. No. For yeah. vet farrier, they're like standing on the cross ties, and we've already had the talking to. Like, <laughs> that's coming. You better keep your ass in one place, or we're going to hear about it later. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're ready for the vet when the vet comes. What was the? What's one of the cases that was, like, <laughs> the worst you've had? Um, I My least favorite is... I don't mind, you know, I'll trudge out and get your horse. That's fine. I really just, it really annoys me when the owner isn't even there. Mm. Um, because, yeah, that's, you know, we need, we need information to help you. 
if you call us out for a problem and you're not there to tell us about it, it makes it really hard to fix it. Yeah, um, that's kind of tough. I would never even dream, number one, of not having the horse in. I would never dream of that. For whatever, for you or the farrier or whoever, uh, the dentist, whoever shows up. And I, the secondly is I would never dream of not having somebody there that knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, Stick a little note to the horse's good. forehead? Uh, I feel <laughs> ill today. <laughs> All right. I love the next one. We are never going to buy a yacht. Yes, mm. that's a tough one. Um, you know, money is hard. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about when you're when you're factoring in, you know, an animal's life or medical care. It's not fun to talk about. Um, but unfortunately, it's a huge factor in practicing veterinary medicine, and we have to. Um, I know a lot of people think that maybe the vet is just trying to, you know, take all their money and they're jacking up the prices just because, and that's so not true. Um, the prices are actually, you know, when you compare it to, it's, it's totally different than human medicine, but when you do compare it to human medicine, I mean, you get services for pennies on the dollar that you do in human medicine. Um, and we don't jack up the prices just for fun. We have so much money in overhead, in equipment, in student loans. Um, we have to stock all of the pharmaceuticals that we sell to you. Uh, it just costs a lot of money to operate. And that's what most of the price, you know, quote unquote, inflation covers is just our operating expenses. Um, most vets take home very little. And like I said, most most of us make personal sacrifices to keep our costs as low as we can for the owner. And I know it's still expensive and money is, you know, always going to be, always going to be a factor, but we try to do the best we can. Yeah. I mean, you guys are trying to make a living as well, you know, so there's, you know, I had to point out something that you said is that you do stock, um, all the pharmaceuticals that that alone is a big deal and has a whole uh, that's a whole section of managing a business that I mean you could hire somebody just to manage your inventory um, you know Absolutely. what you purchase how long you keep it because well not not only do you have to figure out who's going to need what and how much of it but there's also expiration dates on the stuff you carry so that's a real juggling act and um, uh, you know so I, I just I think that's a really legitimate point that people need to understand is that there's, there is a business going on here. And just like anybody else, you have to make sure that you guys at least make enough to stay in business. Exactly. And that's what I, from, you know, what I've experienced, that's what most people do is they make enough to stay in business Yeah, and feed their families at the end of the night. And that's about it. And you're doing, um, like, like you said, I you're said, doing this because you love to do it. Um, it's not because, you know, there are great profits in it. it it's, it's your joy. So if you're going to do something and you're going to work at it 10, 12, 14 hours a day, um, then you might as well do something you love. And really the only other goal other than that is to make sure you can sustain that lifestyle, that Absolutely. career. You know, I did. I was surprised years ago. We had a couple of friends that were veterinarians and they were just out of veterinary school. You come out of veterinary school after all those years and with huge debts, you know, in most cases, unless you had a parent that was paying for it, you ended up with huge student loans. And 
they're earning thirty, forty thousand dollars a year to start, and that probably surprises most people. It's not like being a doctor where you come out and you can start at sixty, seventy thousand. You're earning basically half of that, which with as much education, uh, and then your medium, your median. I, I looked this up the other day. Your median annual wage for veterinarians in the United States is eighty four thousand dollars, and for for doctors is much much higher than that. And that's the median. That means half of those people, half of the veterinarians earn a lot less than that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not something you're going to come out and get rich doing. Definitely not. Um, (laughs) She said that. You said it all in your voice right there. (laughs) (laughs) I made the mistake once (laughs) calculating how much I made per hour. Oh, I made that mistake. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was. <laughs> McDonald's it was is looking pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Flipping burgers is sounding like a lucrative uh, enterprise. <laughs> yep. Better hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I do have to ask you before we wrap up here uh, one other thing, and, and that is when I found this article, I found it on a website, and you were writing a blog for them, and the website is Novo Brace. What is Novo Brace? Novo Brace is a really cool new treatment, and I am so excited to be a part of the Novo Brace team. Um, Novo Brace is an injectable treatment for tendon injuries in horses. Um, so that means, you know, your bowed tendon injury to the superficial digital flexor tendon or the deep digital flexor tendon, and as well as um, suspensory ligaments. And this product you put directly into the injured area of the tendon. And it creates an immediate internal brace. Um, so it's basically like a cast for the hurt tendon or ligament, um, which I don't know if either of you have had to rehab a horse with a bowed tendon or a suspensory injury, but it's a long, long road. Um, stall rest and rehab, etc. And the great thing about a noble brace is that the tendon is braced internally, so it allows the horse to get out of the stall safely without making the injury worse. And it also allows them to start their rehab a lot faster and get back to work a lot faster. So it's a really cool new therapy for tendon injuries. So yeah. it, it reattaches the tendon if a tendon's torn or uh, am I close? Almost. Okay. So it, it, it kind of speeds up the body's natural healing because what it does is you put it into the tendon and it forms bonds between the two ends of the collagen fibers that have been broken. And so it kind of, it kind of bridges them a bit. It doesn't reattach them, but it bridges them and allows for collagen to be laid down faster and more organized than it would without the product. Yeah. So collagen is what makes up the tendons. So, so it allows this to happen. This process to happen faster. Um, I would imagine it would eliminate some of the variables with the healing process simply because it stabilizes the soft tissue, right? Exactly, it stabilizes okay. things, so it heals faster. And the key benefit to me as a horse owner is that I can get my horse out of the stall. Faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can yeah. be turned out safely. Um, they're not stuck in a stall for six months. They can be turned out 
It works immediately, so they can be turned out within a few days after treatment. Granted, in a small paddock area where they're not going to go crazy, but they can be turned out, which is huge. Wow. Does this work in humans, too? I was just going to ask that. Getting back to number five, um, (laughs) you know, this tendon (laughs) issue I have in my elbow, can you just stop over and squirt some of that in there? Actually, the reason that I'm asking that is less about using it on my own body, which I will make a mental note because you know I'll need this in the future, but because... I had read something not too long ago about, um, it was just an interesting discussion on how um, veterinary medicine had once led the way for human medicine. So things that we would try on our horses out in the field, we were a little bit braver because they're horses and they're dogs and cats. But a lot of this stuff, hap- a lot of stuff, we um, we blazed trails with equine medicine that obviously became standard practice in human medicine. Um, which came first in this case? Do you know, was it human or was it equine? The product was actually developed for use in humans. Um, it was developed for use in degenerative disc disease. So it was injected into human spinal discs. And it translated really well um, into use in horse tendons because the type of collagen in human discs is the same type of collagen that's in horse tendons. And they also both live in a relatively um, nutrient less area. There's not a lot of blood flow. And so that's how it translated into use in horses. Um, It's been used in human research for some really cool things like aortic rupture and things like that. But I don't think any of that is is, um, approved for use 100%. It's all just preliminary research right now. That's awesome. I like that we can help horses instead of, I mean, our horses are always helping us, but I like the fact that we sort of led the way with this one. And and now they get to benefit from it. Well, if you want to see more about that, I'm sure we piqued everybody's interest now, go to NovoBrace, N-O-V-O-Brace.com. Is that something that uh, you can talk to your veterinarian about if you do have a situation going on right now? Yes, you can ask your veterinarian um, and your vet if they don't know about it. We have a great you know, it's called a vet line and you can call up and you can talk to me or your vet can talk to me and we can really get the conversation started on how to use this new technology. So just ask your vet. Terrific. Very good. Well, this has been fun. You can come back anytime. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) That's Dr. Maggie Nolan. And again, uh, we'll put a link to uh, this article that she did on our Facebook page and also in our show notes at StableScoop.com. This Hack and Habit segment is brought to you by Riding Warehouse. And, of course, for all of your holiday shopping needs, stop over to RidingWarehouse.com. They have tons of stuff that you can find over there. And you know what? It's the week before Thanksgiving. It is really time to get hopping, get chopping, and get on over to Riding Warehouse to, to get those items shipped out to you. You know that if you're married to a horse person or you know horse people, they want horse stuff. And this year, you know, we know you have your places that you're used to going every year to get get your gifts. We're all we're asking is that you check out Riding Warehouse first this time and take a look at them as a possibility. We also did a special episode of the Stable Scoop Radio Show a couple of weeks ago. 
you can listen to that where we gave you lots of great ideas. I think we had, what, 14 or 15 ideas in there of potential gifts. If you haven't listened to that because you're kind of putting it off, then hop on over to StableScoop.com or go on the app and you'll find that episode. They are a terrific company. We like working with them. They have, and I think this is one of the most important things, and it blew of us both away because Lena and I have both have been in the retail business in the horse world. 365 days to return something. <laughs> Holy cow. A, a year to return I love something. It. You know, what other company does that? Nobody. Nobody does that. And you remember how shocked we were when uh, free 365 day returns. And what that means is that it's free return shipping. Both ways. So, you know, you can return it for free, and they're going to send you out the new thing for free. And that's uh, all at ridingwarehouse.com. So they've got free ground shipping over $50, free 365-day returns, which when you're buying a gift is important. Yes. And then also $5 two-day air shipping on all orders over $50. So Wait, wait, uh, wait. Say that again, but say it slower in Helena land. $5 two-day air shipping. So if you need two-day two shipping for, for $5, $5 on yeah. orders over $50, and it has to be under 10 pounds, which most of our orders would be, breeches and coats and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, I mean. You say, got, the, say the URL loud and clear. Ridingwarehouse.com. <laughs> And they're, they're, I noticed that they're starting to put up all of their holiday stuff on there now. And, you know, you can see what our picks were by listening to that past episode. But, yeah, hop on over there. I think you're going to like the options that they have for the holidays. And I think that fr- that return up to a year is worth, you know, if, if you were going to get the product somewhere else and you're not quite sure about whether it's going to work or not, you're one of those people like me that's lazy about uh, shipping stuff back in time. Yep you know, 20 days or whatever that they give you, then this is the option. Go buy it here. And their prices are really, really good. Remember when we did this uh, special episode with them, we were shocked at their prices match Amazon's, you know, in many cases. Yeah. So, you know, hop on over and take a look at it. I think you're going to be impressed with the price, the selection, and, you know, the free shipping and the uh, return policy. And don't forget their clearance section, because that's a great place to find holiday gifts, and your your spouse won't even know you only spent 10 bucks on them. So, Aww. perfect. <laughs> All right, let's go to my pick for Tack and Habit. This week's a little bit different. We're going into electronics. This is a horse husband gift here. If you're looking to get something for your horse husband, or or maybe this particular problem has been driving you crazy, then then I finally found a solution because this is something that's been driving me nuts for years. Okay. I have never had a good way to connect the internet, my computer, to the television. You can do an HDMI port directly from your computer to the television. Let's say you want to watch Netflix or you want to watch YouTube or okay. anything like that. Some of the game consoles you can do that with, but their interfaces are kind of clunky. You know, we have watched uh, a couple of we have watched Netflix for a long time on the Wii. And, you know, it was okay, but it buffered and the Wii didn't connect real well to the wireless in the house. And then watching YouTube on there, forget it. It kept buffering and bu- And, you know, I don't know about you, Helena. Yeah, I do know about you because you're as, you're as impatient as me. Mm-hmm. I cannot sit through buffering every five seconds when you're oh trying God, to watch no. a video. Oh, my God, no. I'll open oh, up oh. 10 different applications before I, I wait for something to stop buffering. I know. It just yeah, drives me nuts. Well, and yeah. when you're sitting there watching on your TV, it's even worse because you can't open up. You can't do your ADD thing, right? You're waiting. 
so yeah, so it was driving me nuts using the Wii, and I know Xbox does it, and some of the newer Xboxes are probably better at it. But uh, so I've been hearing about from all my geeky shows that I podcast that I listen to the Roku, the Roku. Everybody talks about Roku, and that's R O K U. Yeah, and it's a streaming media player. And what it is, is a box you hook to by HDMI to your TV. So I thought, I'm going to try this. They just came out with a new one. It's called the Roku 3. And by the way, this is not expensive. It's like 84 bucks. So, and no annual membership fees of any kind. So I went and got it, and I thought I'd give it a try. Because it allows you to pretty much watch anything that's on the internet on your TV with a very simple TiVo-like interface. And anybody that's ever had a TiVo box knows how easy that was. This is so easy, the interface here. And it's so easy to hook up. You don't have to be technological anything. You get the box. You, I went out to Best Buy and bought it. And you bring this little box home. And all you do is plug it into the wall. And you take an HDMI cable and plug it into your TV. That's it. It finds and sets itself up. <clears throat> you... You just go to your TV and tell it, okay, look for, you know, look for this. Uh, most people know how to switch their newer TVs to find uh, their, their game console or that kind of thing. And that's what you do. You find the Roku. It says Roku here. You, you, it, it helps you through the sign-up, which is very easy to do. And there's no fees or anything once you buy the Roku. So you just sign up. It took me about two minutes to do it. And I was on. The, you you have a thousand different applications, literally, uh, that you can watch on your Roku. And that's uh, most of the major networks are on there. So maybe you're in an area where you don't get one of the networks really well. Uh, Pandora's on there, YouTube, Netflix, Redbox, uh, ESPN, the NHL, the uh, Vivo, just a ton of Hulu's on there. Uh, Amazon Prime's on there if you watch TV through Amazon Prime. A, it, a thousand different online networks that you can get on there. So you go through and decide which ones you want to, you know, you want to have on your box, and you just pick them out like you do an app on a phone. Yeah. And, and then I started watching. I thought, well, I'm going to go to YouTube because that was always buffering on the Wii, and it drove me nuts. No buffering at all. We watched 10 YouTube videos in a row without any problem. The search function is really easy to do. The remote is really easy to use with big buttons. I hate the remote we have for our cable box because the buttons are so small. And <laughs> oh, it's you're dark. getting old. You're getting old. Uh, I hate that. The buttons are so small and you can't find the fast forward button and you hit the wrong one and it turns. Oh, I just hate it. So this has big buttons. I love the big buttons. <laughs> and it's just that then we went over to Netflix, which we always had a problem buffering too. So we went over to Netflix, no problem. We watched many shows and it was so easy to use. Now, the really hard the thing that makes this worthwhile is when you want to find a movie, we would have to go to Netflix and search and see if Netflix had it. We'd have to go to Amazon and see if Amazon had it. We'd have to go to Hulu, see if Hulu had it. Well, you're never quite sure who has it, if anybody, right? Uh, so we'd have to go separately to all those places. Roku takes that problem away. They have one search function. So if I search for Avatar, the movie, 
it'll tell me, it searches all the thousand places that it has to look on the internet, and it'll come back and say, Netflix has it for free, Amazon has it for $4.95, and Hulu has it for $2 if you want to rent it from Hulu. It tells you all the places to have it. You pick one, which one you want to watch it on. It goes to it automatically and starts the movie. I love this. Oh, it is so nice. You can search for an actor. Uh, Sean Connery. It'll bring up all the movies that Sean Connery's been in and where to find each of those movies. Let me guess. <laughs> Someone in your family yes, likes Sean Connery. Yes, yeah, so that's the one we had to look for. Yes, it's true. <laughs> so, this is um, why Jen and I get along. Yes, she's on, uh, Sean Connery's on her list. You know, the approved boyfriend list. That, yeah, he uh, could be 117 yeah. years yeah, old exactly. and he'll still I be on I think he is list. about 117 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it is so nice that way. No more trying to find a movie. It, it finds them for you. It just works. I, and the other cool thing, we have this problem. When one of us goes to bed, the TV is right by the door to the bedroom in the living room. So yeah. the volume's always too loud for the living room because for some reason they put the damn speakers on the back of the TV. So, you know, it's always too loud. And Jennifer's always come out, can you turn it down? The remote for the Roku box has a headphone jack. When you plug in your earbuds to the remote, it turns the TV volume off and you hear it through your headphone jacks through the remote. How cool is is that? Super. This is like TV watchers, super convenient. Does everything, including wash the dishes, device? It is. It. I haven't found a negative yet. And let me tell you, I've been I've been swearing for ten years about connecting the computer to the TV, because we all have those things we want to watch. Now, the other cool thing it does is it syncs up with your phone, whether iOS or Android doesn't matter. You there's an app for the Roku, and you can send any of your pictures, your videos, your music over to the TV and watch it seamlessly on your TV set. And we all know what a pain that is too, right? You want to so, show your friends the videos? Yeah. It just, it just sends them. You, you open your Roku app and you say, okay, I want to watch this video that's on my phone. It sends it to the TV and you're watching it. Okay, so essentially what happens is your TV becomes a... Um, well, it's, Roku is like a, a router. It's like a wireless router. That's so, right. Anything that transmits a signal wirelessly can be received by the Roku and displayed by your TV monitor. Yes? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Now I feel like I know what the heck is going on. And then I always have to boil it down into something that I can digest. Like you have to pre-chew this stuff for me. I've been in technology for years and years and years, and I still have to have my food pre-chewed. And I realize this is probably, you know, these are first world problems, right? I mean, totally. <laughs> we're not to- talking this is, about these are TV watcher problems. Yeah, exactly. See, I don't follow this stuff. I am so behind on this type of technological convenience because I don't watch TV. I'm not, I, I mean, I still get DVDs in the mail from Netflix, <laughs> but well, you know I get that- mad because I can't stream via Netflix. I mean, I just started, something happened in our Netflix connection from the TV to obviously our router got disrupted. So I can't stream movies via Netflix anymore on my TV. So I've been watching them on my Mac, which is huge. It's like pretty much the size of my TV. We so, had the same problem. That's you did. why okay. I did this. That's why I did this because our Wii stopped connecting through the uh, wireless. Yes. And would find my router. I, I, I couldn't I, and I could not fix it. I spent hours trying to get it fixed and reading forums and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get it to work. 
I just um, could not get it to work is why I went out and spent the 84 bucks, and I'm so happy I did. And, you know, this what a great gift. You know, again, first world problems, but a great gift for that person that in your life that's also frustrated, whether it's a child or a spouse who, who wants to do this but is frustrated by it. But you think about horse people. They always take videos of their rides and their competitions and things, and they want to show them to friends. And, you know, you hand the phone around, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, you just, you just stream it to your TV. Well, you know, it's we're we're really coming into an information sharing age. So um, anything that enables us to share what we have, I mean, these these are our lives. So we're generating content. It's it's coming right from our lives. We're generating it. Uh, these sound bites. So how do we share them as conveniently as we can? I think this is a really great way to do that. A really great way to do that. I love it. You can find it at uh, Amazon has it. By the way, if you go to Amazon, hop on over to StableScoop.com and click on the Amazon link before you do. It won't cost you any more, but we get a little bit of credit if you do. And uh, you can find it. Just go to Amazon and look for Roku, R-O-K-U. This is the Roku 3. They have a couple other versions you can take a look at that are a little less expensive, actually. They do Yeah, less, there's a $49 version. They do a little bit less, so you want to yeah. take a look at the features and see which one is best suits you. Right. Uh, but I can speak to this one because it's the one I got. And I really like that. Plug the headphones in and don't have Jennifer bitching. It's too loud all the time anymore. <laughs> so, uh, so I like that one too, but see which one, you know, they have them down to four at 49, right? Is the lowest price one, I think. Yep. 49.95, yeah. 49.99. Yep. Great holiday gift. That's my suggestion. Well, next week on the show, or in the next couple of days on the Stable Scoop feed, you're going to see a special episode come out, and it's our first ever auditor roundtable. You know about our auditor program. We've been talking about it. Those are people that like our programming so much that they're willing to give like a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month to become an official HRN auditor. Well, one of the things we're doing with them is periodically we're going to do auditor roundtables where we get three of them together and we're going to ask them some questions about horses and life and horse life. And just like they're sitting in the tack room, they're just going to sit around and talk about it. It's not us, but our listeners having a conversation about horses. And we're going to share that with you on the Stable Scoop feed. It's not going to replace one of our episodes. It's going to be a bonus. So uh, that'll only be on the Stable Scoop feed. So it'll show up uh, in our in our feed. But if you want to listen to the special auditor roundtable and you want to become one, you can become an auditor. Just head over to StableScoop.com. But it should be fun. You know, everybody's a little nosy about the other listeners and how they feel about things. Well, now you're going to find out through the auditor roundtable. We're super nosy. Yes. I, I can't wait to hear what they talk about. You know, that'll be fun. Yeah. That's coming up uh, in the next couple of days. That'll come out. Well, that's it for today. Helena, where can people find you? People can find me at, uh, well, you can go to sparkleandboom.com, and that's my day job. You can also find me at Chasing a Fox, where I like to waste my time with all things related to fox hunting and fashion, chasingafox.com or sparkleandboom.com. How can you help people? You know, people are thinking about their businesses now, their horse businesses, whether it's a boarding stable or whatever other kind of horse business they have coming into January 2015. God, I can't believe I just said that. Um, uh, How can you help them with their business through Sparkle and Boom? The best way that I can help someone with their business is to help them bring new business in the door or to make more money out of their existing clients. We want to squeeze our customers for every penny that they have to spare. And there are two ways to do that. You can really invite people in by creating a brand. 
You really need to brand yourself. Doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're eventing or you do dressage or you're hunter jumpers, whatever your business is, you need to identify your brand and then allow that brand to welcome new customers in. On the flip side of that is coming up with a plan to provide superior, and I mean crazy superior customer service, which is not difficult to do. Really good customer service that will get your customers paying you for anything that you can possibly think to charge them for. The happier your customers are, the easier they will, um, the easier they will, I guess, part with their money. <laughs> so, and, and, and it all falls under the umbrella of marketing, believe it or not. Very good. So if you need that kind of help for your business, you can contact uh, Helena at Helena at horseradionetwork.com or through sparkleandboom.com. If you want to listen to our show and all the past episodes that we have six years, almost over six years worth now, go to stablescoop.com. You can go back to episode number one if you want to. We don't advise it. Go to episode number five or six to start, I think. We, we, we started to figure out what we were going to do after that point. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, we want to thank our sponsors uh, for being part of today's shows, EasySignsOnline.com, Mill Creek Spreaders, and RidingWarehouse.com for all your holiday shopping needs. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, Glenn. That's all we got, right, this week? That's but it. we're coming back next week with more? With more. And with more. And uh, so until then, happy scooping. <laughs>